morning, my family. Oh, yeah. You guys ready to worship? Yeah.
you glad? Come on, church. Amen. He has made us glad. We enter his gates this morning. Amen. Good morning, church. We want to welcome you to his house. My name is Pastor Michael Romero, and this worship team is just ready to lead you this morning. Are you ready to worship, church? Yeah? Is your faithfulness 
Father, we come before you today, Lord, just asking for your peace, Lord, a sense of your understanding here today. Will you minister to our hearts today, here today, Lord? We worship you, Lord. We give you the glory, Jesus. Sing this together.
You may take your seats, church, as we prepare our hearts for communion. It's overwhelming because we kind of mentally go down our path that we've journeyed with him. And we see his faithfulness, we see his goodness, we see his mercy, we see his love. And when we think of who we really are and what we've really done, we realize how great we have been forgiven and how great we have been poured into. We've been given love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we thank God for his spirit. We thank God for his love. So today, when we take the bread in our hands, we remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, this is my body which is given for you. And he gave thanks to the Father because he was going to die, but he was going to die knowing the joy that was on the other side of the cross, which was all of those that have received him and served him. So Lord, as we hold this bread, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your wholeness. We thank you for everything you have given us. And Lord, we thank you and bless you. And we do this in remembrance of you. This is your body. You may eat the bread. He likewise took the cup. And he said, this is my blood. And then he gave thanks to the Father, knowing that there's no forgiveness of sins without the remission. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. And he knew his blood was going to be poured out for us. Yet he did it with thanksgiving and he said, Lord, thank you. Father, we hold this cup and we say thank you for the blood of Jesus that has made us whiter than snow, the blood of Jesus that protects us and shields us, the blood of Jesus that is Psalm 91 over our life, the blood of Jesus that makes us complete, presents us blameless before God. So as we hold this cup, we thank you for all that you mean to us and all that you are. And we pray this in Christ's glorious name, amen. You may drink of the cup. you stand with us again worship and just sing of I his goodness your voice. you have led me through the fire and in darkest night you were close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a
Church, come on. You're mighty quiet, but you got a song in your heart that he wants to hear about how good he is. So we're going to say, All my life, come on. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. promises are yes and amen. And Lord, and above all else, because Jesus lives, we can rest in the goodness of God. Because we've seen the miracles that you've done in our life, and we thank you. And Lord, we pray as we transition to this time, Lord, of of transformation and teaching, Lord, let the words of your wisdom soak into our hearts and our minds. Lord, for those of us who are new today, let the words and wisdom pierce our hearts, God. And let us hear about the goodness that we all sing about and that we all hear about. Let us see transformation right before our eyes today as we give glory and thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, give the Lord a shout of praise today for showing up. Amen. All right. Lord, thank you for, guys, thank you for joining us. Why don't we just greet each other as we come uh, close to a worship?
Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? We doing good? Man, I love it. I love it when you guys greet each other and it's like, is this like a birthday party or something? Like we're all just friends? This is beautiful, man. Can we give ourselves a round of applause, man? Like, I love you guys so much. This really is a family here at New Beginnings Church. But hey, guys, before we get started with anything else, my name is David Sanchez. We've got a couple of announcements for you. Definitely, and I'm AJ Cully, and I'm one of your worship leaders here. Uh, what's it called? So we've got a lot of stuff happening in the life of New Beginnings Church, especially in January. How many of us still feel like, are, are you sure it's not December still, 2022? I know I'm still kind of there, still trying to catch up. Uh, but church, it is 2023 now, and the Lord is good, and there are so many amazing things happening um, but not to steal AJ's son, because I know you ask this every time, but is there, is there anyone uh, here who is new by any chance? Not to call you out, not to, can we give, yes, amen, amen, thank you guys. Welcome. Can we give them a round of applause? Welcome. Amen, amen, thank you, we see you. Hey, so for all my newbies and for all of, and all my guys who maybe, you know, you, you are wanting more of Christ this year, we have an opportunity for you. Today is Baptism Sunday, right? And I know that most of the time it's like we, we, we register in advance and, you know, we take our time with these, these things. But if you have this tug in your heart today and you're just like, I, I can't shake it, I need to get baptized, whether you've been saved all your life and have never gone to it, whether you've maybe drifted away from the faith and just need a rededication, if, if you want to get baptized today, um, even if you haven't registered online, stick around for after second service uh, or stick around for second service. There'll be a class during the, uh, that service. And we have plenty of robes and towels. If you want to get changed into one of those robes and, and make that decision to get baptized today, you can. And so we're super excited for that. And so even if you're not getting baptized, I'd highly encourage you, let's still stick around today. And let's support our brothers and sisters who made this decision to enter into the family of Christ. <clears throat> into, into the family of Christ. Amen. It's never too late to make that first step uh, in, your, in your walk with God. Um, and a little bit of relation to that too, next Sunday, the 15th, we're going to be having our um, child dedication service as well following second service. Mm-hmm. Um, guardians, parents, um, this is your opportunity to make that declaration. Um, the, the love and impact that Jesus has made on your life, um, dedicate your, ch- your, your child mm-hmm. to raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Um, the Bible says that a, a child is a great gift to us. Mm-hmm. And because that is a gift from God, we're going to give our child back to him by teaching, by teaching them about God, by teaching them about Christ's love. That way, one day that your child can make that, um, I lost my words, <laughs> make that choice for themselves later on to follow Christ themselves. And it was because of your teaching. It was because of your discipline and your love for them. Absolutely. And church, you know, this, this act of bringing God into the family, bringing God into the parenting relationship almost like like guys i I tell y'all for real every time child dedication comes up it makes a difference uh i had a mom who prayed for me aj had a mom who prayed for him and it was always like when we're when we're in trouble when we're getting reprimanded it was not just because i hate you not because you know you're the worst kid ever but because i have to stand before god and i am accountable for how i parented you is what my mom would always tell me and i'm sure christine is along the same wavelength and so it makes a difference for the families absolutely uh, making this decision. And there's so many other things happening next week, starting on uh, 
starting on uh, Thursday or on Friday, along with child dedication this next coming week, we have mobile food distribution. And church, I'm so excited every time that we do this because it's just so much fun seeing the, the front of the church just filled with life, people from all over the community coming in to pick up some food boxes. And man, we have tons of volunteers come. And if you haven't had a chance to be one of those volunteers, I want to encourage you to stop by this time. Uh, I believe uh, volunteers get there at what time, AJ, do you know? At what time? Uh, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Volunteers get there at 10 o'clock on Friday. And so Friday the 13th, be here at 10 o'clock to help distribute food. It's an amazing way to, to start serving here at the church and to, be, uh, and to have an impact here in our community in Albuquerque. Absolutely. And then following that day, Saturday the 14th, Men of God, we have a, a men's breakfast potluck that day as well. That's Saturday the 14th. Yep. Yes, sir. 7.45 a.m. Uh, man of God, bring that dish that you love, that everyone says that you make the best of. Bring it and share it with your brothers in Christ while we encourage each other and build each other up and just share life and, and just so much more. Uh, connect with different people. Uh, invite your sons. Invite your nephews, your grandsons, um, your neighbors, your friends, and whoever. Um, let them sh- uh, bring them here. Let them show, show them who, not only who New Beginnings is, not, not only what church you're a part of, but show them who Christ is and how New Beginnings and Christ has helped you in their life. Um, and then following that same day, uh, parents, we're new, uh, Newbie Kids is going to be hosting a parents' night out once again uh, that same day, the 14th, and that's going to be held from 6 to 9. Um, parents, if you want to have a date night, you, we just got done with the holidays, you're probably tired, wiped out, and you just want to, maybe you don't even want to go out. Maybe you just need just a couple hours or a few hours just with no kids. Um, we're going to help you with that. New Beginnings is going to help you with that. Um, please register online, your child, how many kids, um, and they're just not going to be here and just sit here and do nothing. There's going to be lessons. There's going to be worship. Your kid is going to uh, be fed, um, and then when you come pick them up, they're going to come out with new knowledge uh, about Jesus. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, our, our New Beginnings Kids program, our NB Kids program is honestly just fantastic. You know, children are like little sponges, man. And after I see kids leave that area, they're quoting Bible verses. They're doing so much. They're understanding scriptures. And so if you haven't sent your kids over to that yet, I'd highly encourage you to do so because we have a fantastic children's program. But church, I believe that's about it for all of our announcements. Thank, we want to say thank you so much, though, because none of this would be possible without your faithfulness in, in our tithes and offerings. Church, thank you for being good stewards of the resources that God has entrusted us in, and thank you for your obedience in that mandate. AJ, what are the ways that we can give here at New Beginnings Church? Definitely. So there's a few ways. Um, you can do online on nbcabq.com give. Um, you could go on there, uh, our app, NBCABQ app, and there's a little section in there that says give. Um, and then you could do text to give as well. Uh, and you just put the amount, and I promise you're not going to get spammed with all kinds of different notifications of, of everything. All you'll do is just get a follow-up message uh, confirming that you want to give that X amount of money that you are giving. Um, and then we also have, if you have uh, cash or a check, whatever, we have envelopes outside that you can put that in and write your information. And then we have drop boxes at the ends of the um, sanctuary as you are dismissed today. Absolutely, absolutely. And church, you know, everything that we do here is because of your giving. So we thank you so much for that once again. Now, would you please help us welcome our pastor to the stage this morning? Thank you, David. 
David, go get Michael. I usually don't walk up here with my wife, but I'm in trouble today. No, no. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm a hugger, and uh, we were over there, and, and when I walked in, Cindy gave me a kiss, and she kissed me on the lips, and I was thinking for people that don't know she's my wife, they're going, look at that. Dude's hugging women all the time, and this one, he's kissing her on the lips? So this is my wife, just in case you don't know. Um, the reason I, I brought Cindy up is I'm, I just wanted to give you a brief update on what's going on with my hip, because uh, many of you have been asking. I, uh, my hip's gotten worse, but uh, this Thursday I have a meeting with the uh, orthopedic surgeon, and I'm praying to God it's been months to get there and and i'm praying to god that he's going to say it's a green light let's do surgery so i've asked uh david gonzalez our board president but one of our ministers to anoint me and for our pastors and if you're a church of god minister please come up here real quick and uh just we believe in the laying on of hands Uh, we believe that god is a god that still heals today and uh, I'm praying that God would remove the pain because I function at about a 10 every day. And uh, every once in a while, it dips down to about a five. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, when it's only a five. But it's been really hard. But uh, I just appreciate your support. Many of you have written and encouraged me with prayers and scriptures. And uh, thank you so much. So, David. morning church in the early years of uh south side brother richard i want you to understand this guy's a very 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 strong man physically strong man we were one time we were doing a remodel at south side and it take a couple of us guys to grab one end of the uh, three quarter inch plywood and we two of us would get it over there we'd get it up on the roof brother richard would grab one fly by and tell me launching Three-quarter inch plywood. This guy is strong. I'm telling you, this guy's a really strong man. So, so to see him, so to see him walking with a cane and looking feeble, my heart it really does. But you know what? His spirit is stronger than ever. Amen. That's never that's never been broken. That has never altered. It's never because you know what? God is good. Amen. God has been very very good to us. And if Brother Richard has touched your life, please raise your hand. So today, so today, I hope you all have been praying for him, but today we're going to just, we've been singing songs this morning about faith, and the scripture says without faith we're unable to please God, so this morning we're going to stand, uh, uh, pray a prayer of faith, please stand with me, and extend your hands to Brother Richard, believing, faith is the substance of things that we hope for. And the evidence of things unseen. So this morning, we're grateful to God. We give thanks to God after something happens. But faith is thanking God before it happens. So this morning, that your faith and our faith would be activated and touch the heart of God and touch my brother Richard. Amen.
Lord, this morning we come before you, humble, Lord God, before you, because we know who we are before you, but we know who you are before us, Lord God. So this morning we bring our brother, our pastor, before you, and Lord God, we pray that the same Holy Spirit of God that raised people from the dead, that gave blind, gave sight to the blind and made lame people walk, Lord, that that same Holy Spirit would reach down this morning and touch my brother's body, Lord God. We pray believing, Lord God. Your word says that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, that you would be with us, Lord God. And that we're to ask whatever, Lord God, we will according to your will. Father, we believe in our hearts, Lord God, that your will is that he be healed and he be touched. So, Father, we pray that you open doors that need to be opened for this surgery to take place and that this pain would be removed, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. But, Father, above all, Lord God, we pray that you somehow, some way, in all of this, Lord God, will be glorified. Your word says all things, Lord God, to all those who believe, Lord God. So we're praying that for, this, for our pastor this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Praise the Lord. You could be seated, guys. Thank you all ministers for coming up and thank you congregation and all of you at home watching online. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, I don't know where my sermon book went. Cindy, if you could bring that to me. I, uh, I thought I brought it up here and all of a sudden it's gone. I'm like, wow, that's going to be a very short sermon today. <laughs> you guys are going, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she was going to take it, man. What's wrong with this woman? <laughs> Hey, uh, I just want to say thank you all for supporting our Christ's birthday offering. Um, There's a few of you that might not have been able to participate, so if you want to, make sure that you have the special envelope because we need to know it's not regular offering, but Christ's birthday offering. But uh, we want to thank you so much for that support. Guys, I've been doing this sermon series that I just started called Rebuilding Your Future. Because at the beginning of the year, we kind of look at a clean slate like, man, I finally get to do a do-over. I kind of get to start over. I get to start ministering. I get to start being ministered to. Maybe I'll start feeling clean. And it just doesn't work that way all the time. And I gave last week steps how to begin that journey. And today, I want to talk about how God's working in the background of our life when we're working in the foreground. When we're up front just moving along, God's doing some things behind the scenes that sometimes we have no clue. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your spirit and your soul and your body be kept, he says, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, it says, these things happened to them as examples for us. When he says these things happen, he's talking about all of history to, of, of our, the prophets and all of the leaders of past and even our generation, the leaders before us. All these things happen as an example to us. They were written down to warn us to live at the end of age. He's saying 
we wrote these down so you could learn from people's mistakes. How many of you know you don't have to hit yourself with a hammer to know it hurts? But yet some people still go, mira, it does hurt. You know, it's like, what's up, man? <laughs> it hurts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you. So Father, I pray today that we can really understand and learn from the past, but see how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we need to be rebuilding these broken pieces of our life. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. You see, I'm in the book of Nehemiah and even Ezra. In the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, you see that they had, the people of God, the Israelites had been taken into captivity to Babylon and they had been there some 70 years and, and they were finally being able to return to, to Jerusalem. They were going back to Israel. They were going back to Judah. And when they went back, they discovered that it was shambles. They had tore down the temple and they had tore down the walls. And so they were rebuilding the temple, but now they're just really disappointed with the walls. And, and so it had been tore down. And the reason they were taken in the captivity is they had accepted very worldly, the world's culture. God had told them to set, be set apart. He had said, I want you to be set apart. I want you to live a holy life and I want you to be different. So people will say, there's something different about you. You have joy even in pain. You have joy even in brokenness. You have joy even when things are not going the way you probably want them to. You still have joy knowing that God is carrying you and God is with you. But they had lost that and they had embraced a very worldly culture. Maybe God's going to take us into exile because the United States has really drifted from being one nation under God. The United States isn't even a Christian nation anymore. There's more non-Christians than Christians now in this nation. People that don't even claim Christ. They don't claim God and there's a lot of foreign gods. And I'm telling you, we're gonna be held judgment over that. And they had embraced this culture that they had gotten mean. And God had said, there's times that you have to forgive someone their debt because there's no way they could ever pay it. Just like he has forgiven our debt of sin, he's forgiven our debt of a lot of different things. Well, there was a financial debt that he would say, you know what, just go ahead and forgive it and let it go. But they were no way. They had gotten vicious and they had gotten mean. So that's why they were taken into captivity and the spirit had been renewed in our lives when we accept Christ through salvation our spirit is renewed. But just like their city was now being inhabited once again by the people of Israel, the city was shambles. The buildings were torn down, the walls are torn down. And I said, man, that'll preach. Because a lot of us have given our life to Christ and we finally committed our life to Christ, but we still have so many broken pieces in our life, so many broken areas in our life. 
things that have happened to us that we don't know how to get past things that have taken place in our life from childhood or maybe your teenage years or maybe you had a first marriage that was really destructive and you're in the, your second or even third marriage and you're like, God, can't I ever get it right? And there's so much brokenness in your life. There's brokenness in your finances and your decisions. You seem to just make the same bad decision over and over. And, and when you get saved, you get renewed, but there's, there's still the broken pieces of your life that you have to deal with. And God wants to rebuild the broken pieces of our life. He really wants to make us whole once again. And the walls of the city really identified that city. It was an identity because the bigger the walls were, the stronger that city was. So when they saw the walls of Jerusalem, and I've been there several times, these walls are humongous. They're really super tall and really, really wide. And when you walk through the gates, you're like, man, these walls are like 10, 20, 30 feet wide. And you're like, wow. It's not like our backyard wall, a a cinder block wall or a rock wall or something. This is like enormous. And it showed all the other cities, we are a tough city. We are fortified, we're protected. And it it really brought the identity of that city. It it brought, showed protection and definition of who it was and what it was. And our identity and who we are is by the walls of our life those things that make us, that identify us, that say, man, what a strong person, what a godly person, what a person of of virtue, what a person of faith, what a person of leadership, what a person of, what a person of, those walls of your life, and and, and, and they really identify us. And, And the gates of the city, it says, had been burnt down. And the gates are made of wood and the gates are made of timber and the gates are made with these boards that are the straightest ones so that the gate, they fit tightly together. And then when they're forged together, these gates really control who goes in and who goes out. And we need to understand that we need to find out who goes in and who goes out and what we're all about and what we're gonna be doing. What are the gates of your life doing? Who are you letting into your life? Who are you letting out of? What are you letting out of your life? Is it blessings or curses? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says right there, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. He says, but of power and love and self-discipline. So he's saying, listen, you are the temple of God and it's time that we allow God to rebuild our lives. Some of you are still walking around with brokenness from 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and you don't seem to know how to break through and it's just become this weight on you and literally the life, your life is filled with God's spirit, but there's still the broken pieces that are weighing you down. So I'm gonna be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter two. I'm gonna start at verse 11 through 16. And Nehemiah says, so I arrived to Jerusalem last week. If you weren't here last week, you might wanna go online and listen to it. But he had heard that the walls had been torn down. He was the cupbearer to the king and he had gotten permission to go rebuild the walls. So he says, so I arrived in Jerusalem 
three days later. And I slipped out during the night. He slipped out in the dark. He slipped out during the night, taking a few others with me. And I had not told anyone about the plans that God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. And after dark, he says, after dark, I went out through the valley gate. And he said, past the jackal's well and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burnt gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went to the Kidron Valley Instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there and what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. And I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests and the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. So here's Nehemiah, and he's going out, and he's going out in the dark. He's going out at night. He's going out, and he's doing these things, inspecting the walls. He's trying to get a survey of what's going on, but he's doing this in the dark. And the point I want to make right there is that our God even works in the darkness, darkest times of our life. You might be walking in darkness right now. You might be walking in brokenness. There's brokenness every place, and you're walking around, and you're broken, and you're hurting, and you're going, oh, my God, this is dark. It's horrible. And God goes, don't worry, baby. I got your back. I got you covered. I know what you're doing, and I know what I'm doing, and I got an eye on you, whether it's daytime or nighttime, because I got you covered. I'm watching out for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, that is what the scriptures meant when they said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. See, we don't even have a clue. We, have, we don't have a clue what God has for us. He says, but it, ha- it, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything, even in the dark, and shows us God's deepest secrets. Thank you, Lord. So let me tell you something. Even though you might think that God isn't doing something, he is busy doing it. He's working even in the dark. God is saying, I, my children, just watch, just watch. Just watch. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but we were seven in my family, and uh, and uh, it was eight of us, but one sister died, so there was seven of us. And and uh, sometimes, if it was going to be one of the kids' birthdays, everyone would be going to bed, and in the morning you'd wake up, and there was a cake. You're like, where'd the cake come from? How'd it get made? And my mama would do it when everyone was sound asleep. 
She would do it in the dark. I'm sure she had the light on, but you know what I'm saying. While we were sleeping, she was busy doing something. Did that ever happen to any of you? Where your mama or someone's doing something when you're sound asleep and you're unaware of it? You see, that's our God. He's taking care of us and doing things when we don't even have a clue. He's watching out for us. And even though you might not think it, he's busy at work. Do you know that the word Nehemiah means comforter? The Holy Spirit is a comforter. Ezra means counselor. The Holy Spirit's a counselor. And Ezra and Nehemiah, in, in, in old scriptures, they didn't even separate them. It's one book showing that God used Nehemiah, the comforter, to rebuild the walls and the gates of the city because the comforter, the Holy Spirit, wants to rebuild the walls and the gates of your life. He wants to restore you. Comfort means to fortify with renewed strength. God wants to fortify us. He wants to make us really strong. Look what it says. We're still in Nehemiah chapter 2, start at verse 17 and 18. But now I said to them, you know very well that what trouble we are in. We. He, he didn't say, boy, you guys are in bad shape. He said, we're in bad shape. Because you know what? When you're in the body of Christ, when one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. He says, what trouble we are all in in Jerusalem. It lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. He goes, let's, let's rebuild. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Man, they needed encouragement. How many of you know we need to encourage one another? How many of you need to know that your greatest pain in your life is what God is probably going to use in your life to minister to others with? Some of the things that I'm most ashamed of is the thing that God always puts people right in front of me, and I'm like, oh, really, God? Do I have to tell him I was a wino dino and a dean bat? And he goes, yeah, 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 you do. Because that's what's in front of you. And I go, okay, you wino dino dean bat. I was one too. Okay, I don't quite see it like that. <laughs> but they know, and I know, and he knows. And it's a testimony to him that he could take a wino dino and dean bat like me and use me for his glory, just like he can you, amen? Think about it. Some of the things you don't even like to talk about, people are constantly right in front of you, and you're like, oh my God, really, Lord? Come on, God, come on. And he says, yeah, come on, tell him. And then you tell him, hey, man, you don't even understand. I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I know what you're going through because I was there. And they go, you, you? No way. Really? You? Wow. And they can't believe that God rebuilt a life and rebuilt the walls and rebuilt the gates because they know how tore down they were, but they see how together you are. Together we rebuild. 
healing and restoration happens in community. That's why we have a 12-step program. And it's not a a worldly 12-step program. Ours is scripturally based. And you realize, oh my gosh, my life's out of control. I need some help. And then you finally realize, this isn't about a higher power. This is about the only high power. I need Jesus Christ in my life. And he transforms lives. You see, he told them to strengthen their hands. You see, we strengthen our hands by confessing God's words. We strengthen our hands, in other words, encourage ourselves by sharing God's word. Look what he says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. That's a verse many of us have heard. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now that's a really encouraging verse, but we need to start saying it and praying it personal, personalize it. So it's on the screen right now, and I want you to read this out loud with me. So put the next slide up, and, and, and it says, now say it out loud. For I know the plans you have for me, Lord, plans for good, not for disaster, plans to give me a future and a hope. Now I want you to read it again, but this time read it and accept it and believe it for your life. Here we go. For I know the plans you have for me, Lord, plans for good, not for disaster, plans to give me a future and a hope. Glory to God. Now, you need to hold on to that. You need to receive that. You need to believe that. And you need to start living that. In rebuilding the broken pieces of our life, we've got to rebuild the walls out of the rubble of our past. They didn't haul everything away, bulldoze it into dump trucks and take it away. They got the broken pieces of the very wall that had been torn down. They got the broken pieces of their past that had been torn down for 70 years. They got the broken pieces and they rebuilt from the brokenness of their life. Don't you know that God wants to take your brokenness and rebuild your life and the lives of others through the broken pieces of your life to reestablish yourself? Some of us want to do away with our past. No, your past has made you who you are. Your past is strange you or it's destroyed you and it's time that you say God I need to be stronger not weaker because even when I'm weak you are strong see we've got to take the broken pieces of our life and face them and look at them and say it's okay look what he says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 he says for we know that God causes everything to work together for good he takes all the broken pieces and he works them together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He's saying, don't you understand? I take even the rubble of your past. I take even the broken pieces, the things that you're ashamed of. I take away the shame. I take away the blame, and I turn it into glory. I want to do something great for you. I want to encourage you. I want to speak life into you. And not only did he rebuild the broken pieces of the wall. Let me tell you, in rebuilding the broken pieces of our life, we've got to rebuild the gates of, our, of, of, of the timbers 
like timbers of truth. We've got to rebuild the gates out of the timbers of truth. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In other words, the gates were built of these timbers. They, they called them timbers. In other words, these planks. They would go out and get a tree that was as straight as possible, and they would really make these. These gates are literally, you know, anywhere from 12 to even 20 inches wide. They weigh a ton. They couldn't penetrate them. And he's saying, you need to build them with strong timbers of truth. We got to rebuild our lives through God's truth. You remember what it says in John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, God's truth is from everlasting to everlasting. God never changes his mind. God doesn't say, oh, yeah, we're in the 21st century now. I got to rechange my way of thinking. I got to re- redo the Ten Commandments, and I got to rewrite the Bible because, after all, we're living in a different age. That's not God. God is from everlasting to everlasting. He doesn't change. He's, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And see, because of that, we have to hold on to God's truth. But see, our memories haunt us. There's some of you that can't seem to get forward because your memories keep crippling you and holding you back. They've put like chains on you. But let me tell you, Jesus Christ is a chain breaker. He sets us free. He takes that brokenness and makes it new. And he wants, you know, someone might have really thrown some horrible things at your face. People are mean. Have you ever found out people could be mean? Look, I I think people are really awesome people. But every once in a while, we just kind of howl at the moon at night and, man, people are mean. Did you know sheep bite? That's why pastors were all bit, man. It's like, man, calm down, people, calm down. There might be a lot of me to bite, but calm down. <laughs> like, man, chill out. But, but people really do. Sometimes your memories mess your thinking up. Sometimes people have a way of throwing memories into your face to use against you. You've got to process the situation. You've got to process it with truth, though. See, the devil's a liar. How many of you know the devil's a liar? The Bible says Satan is the father of lies. So he's good at what he does. And he gets us to believe the lies. Look, here's here's some truth to rebuild our lives on. I'm going to share a lie, and then I'm going to share God's truth. This is a lie the devil says. You're worthless. You're worthless. Jesus says, He loves us, and he gave his life for us. Look what it says in Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It says, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when the devil says you're worthless, say, oh, shut up, man. My Jesus died for me. I'm worth dying for. That's how much he loves me. I'm worth dying for. Here's another lie. You're unforgivable. That sin is unforgivable. Because people say that sometimes. I'll never forgive you. 
I'll never let you forget it. <laughs> now, they don't say that out loud, but you know you can feel it. You're like, orale, man, golly, calm down. You're like, wow. Again, people could just be brutal. But the devil will say, you're unforgivable. But you need to tell the devil, 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins... He, meaning God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. So devil, you right. You know what? I needed forgiveness and I got it, so shut up and go to hell where you belong. Another lie the devil uses, you'll always be that way. You'll never change. Once a wino, always a wino. Once a druggie, always a druggie. Once a gossiper, always a gossiper. Once a, once a, once a, once a, always, 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 always. But you know what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has begun a, become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what he says. Another lie the devil throws in your face. Who do you think you are? You ever been told that by anyone? You want to give them godly advice? Hey, I, who died and made you, boss? Who do you think you are? I'll tell you who I am, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See how much our Father loves us, that he calls us his children. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. And this is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that. They don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. So you say, I'm a child of God. I'm highly favored. I'm anointed. I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm, I'm the son. I'm a daughter of God. That's who I am. I'm not perfect. I'm not, per I'm not saying that because there's only one that's perfect, and that's God. But I'll tell you what, compared to what I used to be right now, I probably would have slapped you down right now, right now. Who do you think you are? This is who I am. Shut up. Don't say that again. But we're not like that anymore, are we? We let the devil do the, I mean, we let Jesus do the fighting. Let, take, take over, Jesus. The devil's there knocking. Jesus, can you answer the door? Run him out of here. Get rid of him devil comes around thinking he's all that he's a defeated foe he's already been defeated so trust in god another lie is it's hopeless nothing could ever happen i can't do anything right everything just oh my gosh forget it i'll i can't ever change i'll never change i just ah you know what philippians 1 verse 6 says for i am certain that god who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished in the day when Christ Jesus returns. So let me tell you something. Until you take your last breath here on earth, that's when it's finally finished. And until then, God is still working on you. He's transforming your life. He's taking the old and making it new. He's transforming you into something brand new. Another lie, God doesn't love you. I, I, God, God loves me. No, he doesn't. He doesn't love people like you. He doesn't like your kind, your ethnicity, your nationality, your kind of people. 
You ever been told that? You ever been called those kind of people? Man, people that come around, oh, you people. What do you mean, you people? You, you and your kind. Orale. It's like, man. You know what God says, don't you? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the last part of it, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. This is our God. I'm not going to walk out on you, baby. I'm there with you. Another lie that God doesn't care. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. Man, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. So every, when your pride rises up and it keeps you from coming to God, it says, we, we capture every rebellious thought and we teach them to obey Christ. There's times that you and I get rebellious. We know the word of God. Thou shalt not steal. But God, it looks so good. That burrito saying, eat me, eat me. And I don't have any money, so they're not going to miss a burrito. They're not going to miss a candy bar. And that's the little stuff. Some of you take TVs and everything. It's like, man, I don't know how you tuck it under your shirt. See, what you really have to understand that if it doesn't stand true, don't let it through. Don't let it through your thinking. Don't let it mess you up. Don't let it in. God's word won't let you down, and it won't misguide you. You need to rebuild your life, your body, your mind, your soul with his word. You need to be renewed every day. In the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So when you have, if you've come to Christ, if you've totally surrendered to him, then that means he's going to take care. Some of you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. Oh, you know who he is. It's kind of like, do you know who Jesus is? Oh, pastor, we're not stupid. That's him on the cross. Jesus, do you, do you know them? You know, I've never been formally introduced. Well, they know you. They could pick you out of a crowd. Well, you know what? But I, I don't know them. I've never met them. And then if you finally accept Christ, you come to know him. Jesus, my name is Richard. Richard, this is Jesus. Jesus, this is Richard. Now it's up to you to maintain that relationship, to build it strong and to grow strong in the Lord. Amen? That's why in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory glory and excellence. You see, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, it says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. See, we need to encourage and build each other up. We need to strengthen each other. And that's how we start rebuilding the walls of our life and the lives of others. That's how we rebuild the doors and we rebuild them and we take them on and we do it right. Let me tell you something. 
God doesn't want to do it without you. And you can't do it without him. He wants a partner with us. He wants to do it together. He wants to be able to say, I have called you. I have led you. I have instructed you. I have set you apart. Don't you understand? God is calling you to be part of his family. He's calling you to salvation, but he's calling you beyond salvation. He's saying, now because you're saved, let your life so shine in such a manner it brings glory to God. That's why we try to do the things we do around here. That's why we have drug and alcohol programs. That's why we have feeding the hungry. That's why we have clothing the hungry. That's why we have outreach. And that's why we have ministry to children and to teens and to even adults. And we do these ministries to be able to clothe the naked, to visit those that are incarcerated, to be able to feed those that have no food, to be able to give them a fresh glass of cold water. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's time that we show them how much we care. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may you... Obey your whole spirit and soul and body. Be kept blameless. Be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. He's faithful, dependable. And he says he'll do it. That's what he says. I'll do it. So some of you today are going like, God, do you really think you could rebuild my life? Pastor, do you really think my life could be rebuilt? I'm telling you, everyone on this stage, every one of us, our life was messed up in one area or another, some worse than others. People that you see serving here, we're all just messed up people that got straightened out by Jesus. We're people that were lost and now we're found. We were the last and now we're the first. We used to be the tail and now we're the head because God flipped it around and turned it around. And some of you have never given your life to Jesus. And you're like, well, I'm not quite ready. I, don't, I still like to do this and do that. Look, you know what's awesome about Jesus? He says, come as you are. Come as you are. And I'll take care of the rest. If I don't want you to have it, I'll take it away. If I want you to have it, I'll let you keep it. But just come as you are. So if you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've never prayed, Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I want you to be my Savior, and you want to do that today, would you raise your hand? Anyone here today? Anyone? Then I just want to make sure that you have that opportunity. Well, then would you stand with us? And I want to be able to pray with us and surrender our hearts over to him. And if you need prayer, there's people that want to pray with you. Prayer team, can you come up front so they know where you are so that they can go to you? But if you need prayer, would you make your way up right now and just say, you know what? I need prayer because my son or daughter needs to start all over. My mom or my dad, they're all messed up. Or maybe it's you. 
But make your way up right now, would you? And just say, I just need prayer. I feel broken. I feel empty. I feel like I don't even know where to begin. Maybe you feel so broken you don't know what to do next. But God wants to restore you. Let him just fill you with his peace, love, and grace. Let him fill you with his mercy and his his presence. We'll stand with you. Continue to come, and when we pray with one, we'll go pray with another. So just know that. Sing it out. you're doing. Thank you for the beginning of restoration. 
God, men and women all over this chapel, but also online that are saying, God, I need my life, the broken pieces of my life rebuilt. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, we don't want to listen to the devil anymore. We don't want to listen to those mean people that have come and thrown our past in our face. God, when they throw our past, we're just going to say, thank you for reminding me of what God has forgiven me of and made me new. Father, I pray that we leave here empowered by your spirit, renewed by your love, and transformed by the love of your word. Father, for those getting baptized today, I pray that, Lord, when they come back, it'll be a great day of celebration. And we pray this in Christ's name. God bless you, church. Greet one another on the way out. We hope to see you back at right after the service for baptism. If not, we'll see you on Wednesday. Your goodness is running out.